There's a lot of situations too where a tool is really great, but if it doesn't process with you, it's not right. Again, like the best tool that you can use is one that you're actually going to use every day. But if you don't use it and you just have it because you feel like you need it, that's not a great use of your resources or your money or your time. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Welcome to the Brandset Book Show, where we help creative service-based businesses build their brands and find more clients. I'm your host, Davey Jones. In this episode of Brands That Book, Don from Tech Savvy Creative and I chat about building systems into your business. Don provides a really helpful framework for getting started with business tools that's especially helpful if tech is something that generally overwhelms you. We also spend a good amount of time chatting about some of our favorite business tools, which was a part of the conversation I really enjoyed. Be sure to check out the show notes at davianchrista.com for the resources we mentioned during the episode. And I want to hear from you. Let me know what kind of content you'd like to see on the Branson Book Podcast as we move forward. To leave your feedback, head on over to the Davian Krista Facebook page and send us a message or send us a DM on Instagram at Krista. Now, on to the episode. All right, we are back with another episode of the Brands at Book Podcast. I'm here with Don from Tech Savvy Creative, and we are talking about really getting your systems in place and building systems and automation so that not as much of your time is tied up with tasks that are repeatable. So uh, welcome, Don. I know we have a lot to get through today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Davey. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So it's such an interesting topic. One, I kind of noticed in the background, even uh, being a tech person, you have, you know, a physical calendar, you have the (laughs) post-it notes out, right? So Mm -hmm. do you still, like, even when it comes to planners, this is a big debate. Vanessa Kynes is on the podcast a lot and she's a paper planner person. I'm more of a digital Mm -hmm. planner type person. Where do you land on that debate? I'm definitely a hybrid. And that's funny that you say that because I have my paper planner right next to me. (laughs) For me, I'm a firm believer in digital. My calendar and all of my tasks are digital, but there is something very special about being able to write down my priorities and then physically crossing it off of a to-do list. So that's where my hybrid is. Everything is online, so I don't lose it, don't forget it. But then the day-to-day stuff is still in front of me just because it's right in front of me at all times. Awesome. I do love a good to-do <laughs> list and just the, yes. the satisfaction of crossing things off that list for sure. And I think that's an interesting topic to get into is 
there is probably some balance out there. I remember, you know, on days where I'm like on a systems kick, I can kind of overdo it and mm-hmm. build out systems I don't really need and then it becomes tedious to maintain. It defeats the purpose and all of that. Yeah. But I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. We do start every episode with, you know, our guest's entrepreneurial journey. And you, I think, have a pretty eclectic journey like so many of the guests <laughs> that we have on the podcast, like me, myself, from software engineer to a photographer to now helping creatives get organized. So take us through that and tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are right now. Yeah, absolutely. So my stories, I call it like the full circle. It's started in technology and here we are again. My tech career began at Apple and I was there in like iPhone 4 or like first iPad days. So it's been a while, (laughs) but that's where I really got started and started working with technology in a professional sense. From there, I moved on to be a web developer. I got my degree in information systems, and then I moved on to be a software engineer. So I was really just, you know, completely immersed in this technical field, and I loved every minute of it. And while I was a software engineer, I ended up with a camera in my hands, and it was like a Groupon thing. And like, oh, this is fun. Like, it's techie. Like, a camera's a machine at the end of the day. And I fell in love with it from a technology side. And as I got more and more into the ins and outs of photography, I started learning more about being a business owner. And that's what I really fell in love with. I fell in love with creating systems and creating these workflows and working with clients and creating this experience. And in about two years, I went full time with my photography business and left my software engineering job. And I have had my photography business now for five years. We do about 30 weddings a year and still do 30 weddings a year. Wow. And in that process, I learned with working with other creatives. I was the leader in the Rising Tide Society and connecting with other people that the part of my business that I loved the most like building these experiences and the technology was actually what other creatives were most fearful of. And from there, I started building resources and speaking on these topics. And that's how we led into the launch of Tech Savvy Creative, which is a huge resource of all this information to help creatives become confident in those things that they are terrified of. I meet so many creatives that are like, I'm so fearful or uncertain that I just don't do anything. And I'm here to hopefully bridge that gap and bring some peace and clarity to those creatives and then help them get some time back and some security and protect their business through technology. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like so much of, you know, success in business, or at least to a certain extent is getting systems in place because it's Mm -hmm. very easy to start wrapping your time up into things that take a lot of time, but you don't really have a lot of impact, right? And right. I think that's where it's really helpful to start building systems mm-hmm. so that you can focus on. And I know that maybe this is sort of an overused phrase, but working you know, on your business versus working in your business. Do you feel like your background in tech, you know, from Apple to being a web developer and a software engineer helped you when it came to like, do you feel like you naturally were just inclined to build out some of these systems and automations in your business? A hundred percent. And I think that's because I've been on both sides of software and technology. I've built it and then I've utilized it and I've also taught it. Right. So for me, it's really, I think the best 
thing that I learned from my experience in the technical field is to not be afraid of it. I feel like that's something that helped me really build my business is like, I know that this isn't going to work perfectly out of the box every single time. I know that this is going to be a process and I know it's going to drive me crazy sometimes. I know a lot of my coaching clients, they feel like it should work right away. And when it doesn't, they're immediately disheartened and Knowing that, like walking in, I think that helped me grow and not be fearful of those areas of my business. Yeah, for sure. I want to start diving into uh, some, I guess, tech considerations Mm -hmm. here. One of the things that, especially now that I'm running or help running a till agency doing Facebook ads, it's become apparent that the tools that you choose are relatively important. Now, of course, I'm a believer in just getting started. And so if there's a tool out there that you know, maybe you don't know if you can grow into, fine, use it if it's going to help you, you know, in the now. But mm-hmm. in general, I feel like sometimes people will come to us and they just have sort of a technology infrastructure, so to speak, that mm-hmm. can't do what we want it to do, you know. And so, right. again, I mean, just as a couple examples, and not to get into the weeds here because that's not really the point of this episode, but learning management systems, you know, that yeah. that don't allow for things like upsells and downsells and stuff like that. So right. it kind of handcuffs us in terms of the funnel that we can put together. You know, again, I feel like I'm going down the rabbit hole here. So if you're listening, you're like, I don't understand any of really <laughs> that. You know, that's not what you do. The point I'm trying to make is that you know, even in choosing a website. So that might be a more practical example for people Mm -hmm. starting on something like Weebly or Zenfolio or something like that. You know, it's sort of a bummer to a certain extent because at a certain Mm -hmm. point, you're going to outgrow it. So I guess, you know, just in terms of choosing different platforms, all right, finally myself around to a question (laughs) here, just in terms of choosing certain platforms, do you have any advice for like, doing research and figuring out, you know, okay, well, what's going to meet my needs now uh, and not going to be too overwhelming for me, but at the same time is something that I can grow into. Absolutely. And I think you like, you hit the nail on the head there. Like it's, what do you want to be? Like, who do you want to be? Not necessarily who are you right now? Especially if you're just getting started, you might not know what those things are, but it is definitely harder to change systems while you're in the middle of it than it is to start with a stronger system. And I personally, I have experienced that both on the side of like, I kind of went for something that was a little bit bigger than I was at the time. And then I've also made the change to something. And it's so much easier if you can sit, like start in the beginning and say, Hey, like, this is where I want to be. I want to be a six figure photographer that has hundreds of clients. I want to have this website that will let me sell products on it. Kind of deciding those things and really sitting down and, you know, what's your vision for your business? What's your goal? And I know that's also hard because a lot of us start as a hobby. Like we think this is like, we are passionate about something. We're not really sure what that looks like, but if you can establish a system or at least the general idea of what kind of system you want to be in eventually, it's going to help you change yourself internally and say, okay, I am a professional, right? And I think we all experience that when we get started, it's kind of like, okay, like when do I start calling myself a professional photographer and choosing the right system, even one that might be bigger than you at the time is really a huge step into going into that direction. So I think like, just like you said, do some research and trials are a huge thing. Go try them out. Give yourself some time and 
to even piggyback off of all of that, there is no such thing as a perfect tool. There's always going to be something that one tool has that another tool doesn't. You really just have to prioritize what's important to you and then keep those priorities front of mind as you choose those tools and systems. Yeah, for sure. And I do have a couple follow-up questions uh, about that, but I feel like I, I probably jumped ahead a little bit. For people who are you know, who feel like, okay, well, I can do that myself and I can save myself, you know, mm-hmm. five, fifteen, twenty dollars a month by completing this task myself. What's sort of the case for not doing that, for giving up five, ten, fifteen dollars a month for a specific tool and investing mm-hmm. in uh, some technology that can automate a specific system? Absolutely. Really, when you are choosing these right tools, you're buying yourself time, right? So it really comes down to how valuable is that time? Sure, you can send out those manual invoice reminders, but what happens if you forget or what happens if your daughter gets sick or what happens if you are at the vet for an emergency visit? You don't want those small pieces of your business, even though at the time they seem like, oh, I don't need this, like I can do it myself. You are creating consistency, you're creating security, and then the confidence that your business is going to take care of itself in the situation that you have to step away. And I think that's something that's really important that no business owner should overlook. If it works, it works. But what happens when it doesn't, right? That's always like, it's in the perfect world scenario, it's totally fine. Save yourself that $5. But what happens when life throws you a curveball? Or what happens when you become sick? Or what happens when you know, your husband's job makes you need to take a step away from work for a while. And these just bring that peace of mind and that clarity that you can do that without everything that you've worked for falling to pieces. Yeah, for sure. I feel like the benefit of working with a spouse or just anybody else in general, but I know Chris and I kind of do this for each other where bookkeeping, for instance, is something that Mm -hmm. we typically did on our own because Mm -hmm. Krista was like, I mean, and there's all sorts of good reasons. And I think this is, you know, maybe gets to a point of uh, going through that process of deliberation on what you should be outsourcing or what you should replace with the tool. For Krista, it it was when it came to bookkeeping, it was like, well, I can do this myself. And two, she wanted to very much be aware of her numbers. So but yeah. I finally got her to commit to something like Bench. I don't know if you're familiar uh-huh. with Bench, but yeah. it kind of combines, you know, a QuickBooks with a bookkeeper. And, mm-hmm. you know, this way she can still be very familiar with our numbers on a monthly basis, but at the same time, it's off her plate. And so, right. you know, the time that she spends doing that, certainly, and anybody who's worked with QuickBooks or Wave or something like that, <laughs> I know last year, and Chris is very diligent about doing this at the end of each month, but mm-hmm. something went wrong where all mm-hmm. of our categories were disconnected with our transactions. Oh and so she had to do like <laughs> nine months of it over again. And it's like, well, we don't have to deal with that anymore. And so I think it goes back to that point of yours where how valuable is your time? And is this a right. task that you're going to have to repeat over and over again that's going to add up? So, you know, I, I 100% agree with that. And something else that you mentioned that I think is important is taking advantage of the trial mm-hmm. is something that's been helpful for me because mm-hmm. I err on the other side where I'm like, okay, I'll sign up for this because I think mm-hmm. I'll use it one day. You know, three months later, I haven't set it up. Right. And so hopefully, you know, we'll be able to get into that a little bit and you can speak to that. But so, you know, we have a new rule in the house where if we sign up for a trial, we put on the calendar when that trial ends. And if we haven't set it up, we haven't used it, then we get rid of it you know, and it forces a decision there, you know, it forces or it prevents us from getting into that subscription creep where all of a sudden we're, we're paying for a bunch of stuff that we don't actually use. Right. 
it's the FOMO, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's like, you know, oh, I need that. And then you don't realize you don't need it. And then <laughs> here you are with the subscription. Yeah. And sales and things like that. And you say, okay, well, it's on sale right now, you know, but it doesn't matter if it's on sale. If six months later, you haven't used it, you haven't saved any money, you know? So for sure. But it is helpful having Krista because I can look at some of the stuff she's done or she's doing and tying up her time with and encourage her. And then likewise, she can come to me and be like, you know, with bench, it's become easier for her to be like, Hey Davey, so these three things you signed up for and, and we're not using <laughs> like, anyways, <laughs> as far as where people should get started with systems, because I got to imagine too, that just the people that you work with, are there any patterns in terms of like common starting places, like for somebody who has no systems or minimal systems, where should they start? Yeah, absolutely. I think the best thing they can do to start is to really dive into some resources. There are so many amazing educators in our industry that utilize these systems. So see what they're saying, see what they're using, and just use that as a starting point. Now, I want to emphasize starting point. You should not use a tool just because I say to use a tool or just because your best friend got you a cool discount on this tool, right? You really need to dive in and evaluate if this is the right tool for you. Because the right tool for me is not the right tool for everybody else. And I experienced that between my two businesses, between Tech Savvy Creative and Donald Elizabeth Studios, we actually utilize some different tools for the same thing. Like for my client management system, two separate tools just because my workflow and what I, my purpose for the business were two totally different things. Do you mind if I ask what the two yeah. different CRMs are? Is that what of you just course. said? You use two different CRMs? Yes. Yep. Okay. I do. Yes. For my studio, my photography studio, I use Tave. I am a huge fan of Tave. I've been with them since the very beginning. So it's been five years for the coaching business for Tech Savvy Creative, I'm actually utilizing Dubsado. And I dove into the Dubsado route because a lot of my clients were using it and I wanted to get a better understanding of the experience. But also they had some things like public proposals and the ability to book from the site that really worked well for that business model. And that's why I went that direction there. Yeah, it makes sense. And have you enjoyed Dubsado? We're Dubsado users. Yeah. Probably don't I have. have it set up, you know, in the most. <laughs> you know, and so this actually kind of loops back around too. I like it. It's beautiful. It works well, but it's so different than what I was used to. And I cannot stress this enough to any of my coaching clients. This is a process. I love tools and I love technology. And it took me a while to really understand how this tool worked. If you walk into any type of tool expecting this to change your life in five minutes, you have the wrong mindset and you are going to be disappointed. And it is just so important to know that, hey, this is going to take some time, dedicate a couple hours and sit down and say, no, I'm going to do this. And the biggest thing you can do too is test, 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 and test some more. Pretend you're a client, walk through the whole process, take notes as you go through that process because you don't want to be working with real clients and be like, oh, I hope that email sent or I hope this looked good. <laughs> or what, do, um, yeah, what does it look like? That what does it look like? Yeah, exactly. You want to be so confident in that and that's you know really going back to the foundation of like, what are the right tools? You A tool that you're confident in is going to be so much more helpful than having a tool that you don't really use or you aren't really sure about. I think that's such a helpful distinction, that distinction between having a 
or a nuance rather, having a tool that you feel really comfortable with versus mm-hmm. maybe a tool that can do all of the things. And mm-hmm. I think this is certainly true of websites. One of the biggest questions that we get when it comes to websites is around SEO. You know, mm-hmm. so is Show It good for SEO? What's the best platform for SEO? And mm-hmm. both a Show It website and a WordPress website can be optimized for SEO. So there's plenty of Show It websites out there ranking for their target keywords, right? Yeah. But because WordPress can be probably more optimized, right? Mm-hmm. People think, okay, well, this is better for SEO, but that's not necessarily true, right? Just because something can be more optimized mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to go through the trouble of actually optimizing it. Right. Right. And so at the end of the day, if you feel comfortable with show it and you're going to update that website and that works for you, that's, you know, nine times out of 10 going to be the better platform for you. So I really, I believe strongly in that point. (laughs) It's just like you said, like the tool that's best for you is the tool that you're going to use. Like it doesn't matter how great or how expensive a tool is. If you're not going to use it, it's worthless. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So getting into some of these tools. So we just talked about CRMs a little bit. And like I said, we also use Dipsado. Do you find that's a pretty good starting place for people? So for people who are just kind of exploring systems, CRMs, or maybe task management systems, like where do you usually start with people as you set up systems? Absolutely. I always recommend starting with a CRM. And I recommend that because it tends to take care of those big wins in your business, things like invoices and contracts, automatic payments, any type of payment processor. That tends to be the foundation of a business. And that's why I always direct my clients to go there first. Also, when you are implementing a CRM, I've found that it really helps you simplify and streamline your business because you have to really answer some questions that you might have not had to answer before. Like, okay, like if this product costs me X amount of dollars, how much am I going to charge for it? You know, what does this process look like? What clauses do I need to have in my contracts? What payment reminders or what payment plans do I need to have? Those questions are answered when you set up those systems. So those can really kind of refine your process. And like, I really kind of challenge you, like, are you taking steps in your business that are necessary? Or is that totally a waste of time? So I always recommend starting there. If they're looking for something that might be a little bit more maybe I want to say the word sexy, like because contracts sure. and invoices are not a lot of fun. <laughs> I always, <laughs> But getting paid is. Oh, but getting paid is, that's <laughs> absolutely correct. But I also really enjoy connecting my clients with task management software as well, just because that's something that's kind of one of those quick wins, like an online to-do list makes people feel real good because then they feel like they're not forgetting something. <laughs> so that's also one of those tools that I tend to lean towards, like if we're going to get started, Client management system, task management, website. Definitely. Awesome. So let's look at those three real quick. So uh, starting with the CRM, and we already talked about this a little bit, Dipsado and Tave were the two that came up. Mm -hmm. Are there any other ones that you recommend? I imagine that those two cover most use cases, right? Like Tave is probably a great event-oriented one. Is it photographer-specific or is it wedding Uh, industry-specific? It's not, it's, I would say it originally started more photographer specific, Mm -hmm. but now it's so customizable that I've seen DJs, I've connected wedding planners with it. So a lot of other industry professionals are utilizing it. Awesome. And Dipsado is pretty, I feel like we use it for both Davy and Krista and for Till Agency. Granted, they're both agencies. So of course, if it works for one, it would likely work for the other. Are there any other ones that you recommend? 
Oh, 100%. There's HoneyBook is a really big one. We love HoneyBook because it's very simple and it's beautiful. And if you're looking to get started, that's a great place to start. We've also had some clients utilize tools like 17 Hats. I've had some utilize Basecamp, which is a little bit more of a I would say like a big, (laughs) big bulky software for a different purpose. We've also had some great luck with Pixify. We love the Pixify team. And oh gosh, I'm trying to think if I've missed any of them. There's a lot of them out there. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) for sure. tend to be the primary, the Dubsado, Tave, 17 Hats, HoneyBook, Pixify. And again, it really just depends on everybody's learning style, right? If you're looking for something very simple, very beautiful and elegant, Typically, I direct them towards the Dubsado or HoneyBook route. If they're looking for something to be a powerhouse and to really, you know, be this tool that's kind of almost the end-all be-all, that's where I tend to lean towards Tave just because of how customizable it is. So okay, awesome. we can talk about these for a long time. Yeah, <laughs> I for love sure. these tools. <laughs> so moving on to task management systems, just some recommendations yeah. around there. What do you recommend? What are your so, favorites? My favorite. So this is, well, I got stuck down this rabbit hole a couple months ago. I got targeted for an ad for this software called ClickUp. And I believe you use ClickUp. Is that correct? It's amazing. Yes. Yes. It's amazing. (laughs) I used to be a big Asana fan and I lived in Asana. And then I dove into ClickUp and it blew my world away. And my editor likes it so much more. My assistant likes it so much more. So we made the full switch over to ClickUp. So that's where I'm at now. <laughs> what are a few things that you like about ClickUp versus Asana specifically? Yeah. So this was the big winner for me. When I change a task's due date, all of the subtasks change with it. Oh my gosh, y'all. When I have, so I have weddings in here. They have 56 tasks under each wedding. And if a wedding date changed, I would have to go manually change those tasks. Now with ClickUp, I just change the wedding date and everything shifts. And that has been huge for me with the coronavirus and rescheduling all these weddings. All I have to do is change a wedding date and everything else shifts, including social media postings, including when I need a touch point with them or when I need to have like a follow-up call with them. All of those things are automatically moved and it has made my life so much easier. So that's the big win for me. (laughs) Yeah, I'm a big ClickUp fan as well. I think I've talked about it on the podcast before, but it's one of those things. And I I think this is my favorite pieces of technology. Usually check this box where ClickUp is easy to get started with, but it also expands to your needs, you know? And I feel that same way about Slack. When it was just me and Krista, Slack Mm -hmm. was still super helpful. It was just a simple, you know, back and forth, Mm -hmm. easy messaging system. Now that we have teams, now that we share channels across different teams, it's been able to grow and accommodate all of that. So I think that's really, to me, the mark of a good piece of software. Because I know even for ClickUp, I'm sure we don't use even 50% of the features, but I don't feel that way. You know, I don't feel like there's a lot left unused. Right. Well, and you can constantly change and adapt to like, you might start a new project and you're like, Oh, it would be really helpful if I had this custom field and you can add that and click up. And I don't know, but for me, that's a little bit dangerous because I get stuck down this rabbit hole of like, like, Oh, this is fun. I can do this and this. And you know, before I know it, it's 2am and (laughs) I need to go to bed and get off of my tool, but it's (laughs) perfect because I can 
have it do exactly what I want it to do. And it grows with me. And as things change, it's really easy to modify that too. Yeah. Awesome. So we'll just stop there for time management or for task management tools. Uh, Asana, ClickUp. I know Trello is a popular one. Me and uh, Cash Moyer getting uh, arguments about Trello. She loves Trello. I hate Trello. So I'm not even going to give Trello any sort of conversational space right now beyond that. We love you, Kat. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on to websites. Recommendations there. And I think, you know, websites do play a sort of a pivotal part in this conversation because it is sort of what everything else is connected to, to a certain extent, right? Sort of a hub. So what sort of website recommendations do you make? So let me start this by saying I was the person that was like, oh no, I'm in control of this. Like, because I was a web developer, like I can do this. And I really had a hard time with some of these tools that were like drag and drop. I'm like, no, I'm a developer. Like I don't need this. (laughs) So I started off kind of like doing my own and I quickly learned that was a mistake because again, it's like, you don't like, why do that when you don't have to, you know, it's worth paying some money. For me, I am a huge, huge fan of Show It. I don't think you could pay me enough money to get off of Show It. (laughs) (laughs) I've been with Show It for the last uh, four years now. I go to United every year. I'm a big fan of the community around Show It, and I'm a fan around what you can do, what you can build. And it's similar to ClickUp. Like there's really no limit to what you can do, but it's also simple and easy to get started. And I think it's that perfect blend of those things for creatives and business owners of all kinds, whether you're just getting started or whether you've been doing this for 10 years. Yeah, 100%. And I do think as far as drag and drop systems out there, uh, there's really nothing that compares to the creative control that you have over your website yeah. with Show It. But you know, it does have that WordPress integration. You still blog mm-hmm. through WordPress and that ecosystem opens itself up to all sorts of easy integrations. You know, It's easy exactly. to do it's easy to connect tools. It gives you the opportunity to add so much more functionality to your website. So yeah, I mean, I, I agree with all of that. As far as, I guess, I don't, you know, I mean, do you play around with Zapier a lot? Oh, all the time. Okay. So I don't, <laughs> I, you know, that's all day. <laughs> I don't know if we should even go down this path. I do have one or two other things that I'd love to talk about before we wrap up this interview. And I don't want people who don't love this stuff as much as as you and I. I don't want to lose them. But I have found that it's helpful to understand what Zapier is. So could you explain to to people listening what Zapier is and and, what they might have to use it for? Yeah, absolutely. So Zapier is an online tool that allows you to connect two applications together. So for example, if something in ClickUp is completed, then add it to a Google spreadsheet. Or if this email with this subject line ends up in my inbox, add this task to Asana or ClickUp or whatever that might be. So it allows you to connect two tools together that might not have direct integrations with each other. Now, there is a little bit of a caveat with Zapier that not all tools have Zapier integrations. So I know for me, I use Tave. Tave does not integrate with Zapier right now. Really? And it doesn't. That's actually no. kind of shocking. <laughs> and they say it's on their roadmap, like it's coming eventually, and they know that we want it. So I'm not trying to give Tave a hard time here, <laughs> but I, it is something that we don't have. However, Zapier has allowed me to get creative and utilize other things to allow the zaps to take place. So for example, when I 
sign or countersign a contract in Tave, I send the email to my clients. It's like, here's your contract, right? Well, I have a zap looking for that email in my Google sent folder. And when it sees that email, it adds the client to a Flowdesk segment. So, <laughs> right, I'm kind of, I, I went around it a little bit, but I'm utilizing tools that I can connect to do what I need to do, even though that integration's not there. So if I didn't have that, I wouldn't have been able to have things automatically added to Flowdesk or projects created in ClickUp. But because I can do that with Gmail or with any inbox, I'm able to make that happen, even though the tool I use doesn't <laughs> let me <Yeah>. do that. <laughs> And absolutely. And if you're listening, I think one of the key things about Zapier is that it was created to allow integrations between apps easily. You know, so if that sounds overwhelming to you, and Zapier can get a little bit complicated, but I think oh, yeah. in general, if you, even if you feel like you're not super tech savvy, you could probably jump in and create a Zap probably easier than you think. So it was created to make the connection between these apps easier. So mm -hmm. something that's definitely worth checking out. I don't know if you have a resource around uh, Zapier, but mm -hmm. if you do, I'll have to get it from you and link to it in the show notes yeah. because I do think it's such a valuable tool for people to use. Yes. So moving on, a couple things that I, I want to, or at least one thing I want to chat before we end this conversation is a system for building out any sort of automation or system. So do you yeah. have a specific system that you use when building systems for others or building automations for others? Mm -hmm. So this really comes back to the roots of like the very beginning of our conversation. It's like, are you a paper or a digital person? You know, here for this one, I actually start on paper. I want you, anybody that I'm working with, like, let's sit down and draw out your workflow from start to finish. And you will be surprised about how hard this is. It is not an easy task. You get caught up in like, oh, but I send this email and I, I need to do this reminder and oh, I got to schedule an engagement session and draw out that whole workflow. And that process in itself is really going to kind of make you take a look at it and be like, okay, like, is this necessary? Can I simplify this? Once you have that full workflow mapped out, go through that entire process and circle the things that drive you crazy. What are those things that you forget to do? Or what are those repeating tasks? Or let's say you cannot stand hounding somebody for their payment, right? Or you always forget to send the automation or that questionnaire. Circle those items in your workflow and then use that as your priority list of like, what tools can I use to implement or what can I automate here? And you'll also learn that you might find these things over time. You might find yourself repeating a step over and over again. And that's something also important to remember is this is meant to adapt and change over time. You're not going to get it right the first time you do this. You're going to change things. Your process might change. Your packages might change. And that's okay. And you'll just have to adapt your tool and your systems as you go. So find those pain points prioritize them, which one drives you the most crazy, and then focus on the how. Start researching those tools. Ask other creatives how they deal with X, Y, and Z, whether that's bookkeeping and, you know, how do you guys handle your books every year? Or maybe that's how do I make sure that these clients get into this email list so they get these beautiful emails and aren't forgotten about? Whatever that is, then you focus on the how. Ask other people 
do some research, try those trials, but actually use those trials. Don't just like let them go. And then you just work from there. Again, this is not something that's instant, right? You're not going to sign up for a tool and it's instantly better. You're going to have to sit down, focus, and let yourself learn and really figure out if the tool is right for you. There's a lot of situations too where a tool is really great, but if it doesn't process with you, it's not right. Again, like the best tool that you can use is one that you're actually going to use every day. But if you don't use it and you just have it because you feel like you need it, that's not a great use of your resources or your money or your time at all. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that all that is so true. I really appreciate the uh, writing it down first. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think that going through and trying to build it out as you think about it is just a recipe for disaster, you know, and, yeah. I, and I've been guilty of this, trying to build out some sort of automation, realizing that, you know, I skipped a step somewhere uh, along yeah. the way. And then you have to go back and rebuild it from that point. Exactly. And it's always just a little bit miserable. So I think I appreciate that approach a lot. And also, I mean, There is a lot of value in finding the right tool and not just using uh, a bunch of free tools that you can piece together. Like when it comes to contracts and invoices, there are definitely, I remember way back when we first got started, and this might have been good maybe when we first got started, but it was, uh, we used Wave and that's free and we could send invoices. And then we used something like Adobe Sign or something like that. And that was free up to 20 signatures or whatever at the time. Mm -hmm. But it's such a headache, especially if you're on the go. You know, Mm -hmm. trying to, you know, having to do any of that from your phone, you know, we'd always run in, especially when it comes to Adobe, we'd always run into people not being able to open it on their end, you know? And so that's Mm -hmm. why, okay, so yeah, Dubsado all of a sudden uh, makes a lot of sense paying, you know, whatever that is, $25 a month or so for that tool. Mm -hmm. I have to imagine though, some people listening either uh, fall into the camp of, okay, that's great, Don, you're telling me this is easy. (laughs) I still want nothing to do with this, you know, or, you know, they're just busy and they're like, I know I need this automation like yesterday. I know I need this system like yesterday, but Mm -hmm. I just don't have the time to build it myself. So how can people connect with you and work with you to get these things set up? Where can they follow along just to get some of the content or get access to some of the content that you push out around these topics? Right. So you can find me at techsavvycreative.com. I'm also techsavvycreative on Instagram. So that's where I'm most active, definitely on Instagram. We offer coaching packages that allow our clients to work directly with us and then have ongoing support with us for some time. And we use Slack for that. We also use Voxer, just depending on if you're somebody that would rather use voice or if you'd rather type and send screenshots type thing. Now, we currently do not offer setups, but that's something that we are talking about like offering in the future. I currently believe that it's really important for people to experience their tools firsthand and kind of be in the weeds of it because I think that's how they learn best. When they get to implement and actually learn the system themselves, they tend to do better than if something's just handed to them completed. And that's why we go down the route of, hey, I'm going to walk with you through this process and let's find the right tool for you. I'll ask you these questions and I'll help you implement it. But at the end of the day, I want you to be the one in the driver's seat. I want you to be the one clicking the tool and actually typing this out. So we do offer coaching for that. And that tends to be what most of my interactions are with my clients. They are getting something set up, whether that's email marketing or a client management system. 
And I also have people just drop some quick questions into Instagram and Instagram stories. So you can definitely find me there too. Awesome. And that makes sense with the uh, evolving nature of systems, you know, and just Mm -hmm. like what happens then, you know, down the road when you need to make a change, it doesn't make sense Mm -hmm. to then have to hire somebody just to make, you know, one small change. Uh, Had you set it up on your own, you know exactly, you know, kind of where to go and make that change. Voxer is something that I know more (laughs) and more people are using and I just don't understand why. That's a whole nother conversation, but um, (laughs) I mean, it's been around forever. You definitely have to like, get over this fear of it. I, so I use it with my coach and I went maybe three months before I was brave enough to push that button and actually start talking just cause I felt silly when I was doing it. But it was, once I got over that fear, it was so helpful just to kind of be able to talk and honestly, to be able to ramble. Like maybe I wasn't really sure what my thoughts were and I could just push that button and kind of ramble. And then she would help me like organize and formulate what I was really trying to say. (laughs) Sure. Sure. Yeah. I guess that makes sense to me from an organizational standpoint. I just feel like it'd be a nightmare, like going back to a earlier conversation and trying to find something, you know, unlike Slack where you could just search and, and all yeah, of that. hundred percent. I definitely prefer Slack. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But anyways, I really appreciate your time today and we will be sure to link to all of those resources in the show notes for people to access. We didn't talk about email marketing at all and email marketing tools, but I know I feel like that is, is something that more and more people are trying to adopt and integrate into their business. Sure. It's been around forever, but I feel like for the wedding industry and specifically uh, seeing a lot of photographers lately specifically, wanting to incorporate some sort of email marketing into their business just as part of their lead gen, you know, nurturing. So it definitely sounds like there's plenty to reach out to you for. So, but again, thank you for uh, your time today and I'm excited to release the episode. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Davey. Thanks for tuning in to the Brands That Book Show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing and leaving a review in iTunes. For show notes and other resources, head on over to deviancrista.com.